Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Ike Feldman, talking to you. All the latest combat sports headlines, mainly focused on mixed martial arts, of course. There is a lot going on. I am your boy, Ike Feldman, for the Ike Dagon, at Ike Dagon, everything. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Tinder, Grindr, OnlyFans. Just kidding about the last three. If you are tuning in to hear the great Scott Fantana, no, he's not related to Brian Fantana from Anchorman, but Scott Fantana, MMA reporter and commentator for the New York Post, he will be coming up in about 15 minutes. Scott's the man. I really appreciate him giving my time, uh, giving me his time. We're going to preview UFC 270. It's a colossal fight. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gane. This is kind of like a kung fu movie, uh, an ancient martial arts movie where these two guys were former training and sparring partners. They trained under the same sensei. This is pretty cool. I'm just getting into Cobra Kai and uh, just rewatching the 1984 Karate Kid. So to see a fight like this on the horizon this weekend is it's pretty cool and it's you can't write the script, especially with the backdrop of UFC, Dana White, Hunter Campbell. Everybody's kind of against Francis Ngannou, but can he stay focused? Can he right the wrong that was UFC 220 when he took the fight after knocking out Alistair Overeem? Took it on about six weeks' notice. I believe UFC 218 was in early December of uh, what was it, 2017, and then roll around the next month, steep a full training camp, ready to beat anybody who was stepping in there against them. Francis Ngannou decides to go to France instead of staying locked down and continue his training camp. And Dana White was not happy with the performance. If you guys remember back in uh, the lead-up to UFC 220, Dana White was all about Francis Ngannou. Everybody was touting Francis Ngannou as the the Mike Tyson now of MMA. He's going to send Stipe into the 12th dimension. Obviously, he did that this year, but I'm talking about back then. Everybody was picking against Stipe Miocic. The freaking (laughs) president of the UFC is reading off a statistic. I've never seen anything before this or after this. Dana White goes... And FYI, everybody, this is at the UFC 220 lead-up. He goes, and Francis Ngannou 
hits as hard as a Prius going at 40 miles an hour. You could you could have seen how giddy Dana White was in the uh, the lead up to that fight. He thought he had the Mike Tyson on his hands at that time, but no, Francis lost that fight. Beautiful strategy from Stipe Miocic to outwit, out grapple, and just basically dominate the fight against Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou carried that fight into his next fight, UFC 226 against Derek Lewis. Probably the most boring fight. Oh, my gosh. It's that fight versus the UFC 208 card. Coin flip. Both are boring. Both were bad. But Francis Ngannou learned from that. And I think he spent maybe four or five minutes over the last three-plus years in the octagon uh, knocking out Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, Curtis Blades again. Oh, man. And then how could I forget? Obviously, UFC 260. I believe it was the last pay-per-view in the Apex. Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou 2. Stipe, long-haired Stipe. Can't make the excuse that the hair was in his eyes. He got overzealous. He touched touched Francis with the jab and he jumped in for what he thought would finish the job, but he got finished. And I like Stipe. He is the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that it should not be John Jones stepping in for the winner of this fight on Saturday. No, John Jones at minimum, could be fighting the loser. Stipe should be getting a rematch. He did beat Francis. Yes, I just revealed I'm picking Francis. So when Francis wins, it'd be awesome to get the trilogy fight. Stipe versus Francis. Two people that Dana White, Hunter Campbell, and the UFC brass have never freaking promoted. The irony. The irony of that. But again, guys. Ten minutes, my boy and Dan Urban's boy, Scott underscore Fontana. No, he's not related to Brian Fontana. Panda Watch. But follow Scott on Twitter and Instagram at Scott with two T's underscore Fontana. He is a New York Post MMA reporter, commentator, podcaster. He does an excellent podcast with the aforementioned Dan, Ir- Dan Irvin. I don't know what the hell I was trying to say there, but I'm sucking on one of those Ricola candies. I think just listening to Scott and Dan's podcast, I, I caught whatever Scott had. <laughs> I don't know. It's going around. Hopefully uh, it burns up through everybody and we can get past this. And this is the summer to remember 2020. It's been a long, long I don't know, two years? Yeah, about two years for the world. Now, I've never lived through a world war. Spoiler alert, 32, not 82. But for some reason, it feels like a post-world war feel. If I would ever have to equate it somehow, it just the unease in everybody's eyes, you can just see it that 
everybody's not sure. Are we through it? Are we not through it? Some people are gun ho. They say, I don't give a F. I got a cage fight and I got bread I got to put on a table. I'm stepping in there. I don't care what's going on. Other people are like, thou shall not leave my house. That's fine. And if you're in between, that's fine. But my point is positivity, whether it's online, in person, in Walmart, at 7-Eleven, whatever side you're on, positive vibes. Be cool to one another. We're all on the same team. We're all humans, man. Sorry to get Joe Rogan pre-pandemic on you. I miss that Joe Rogan. Dan, Tahaki Bay, do you guys miss that Joe Rogan? Do you miss the Joe Rogan where... I don't know, it was more Kumbaya with Joey Diaz, Ari Shafir, Brian Redman, and a ton of fighters. Where's the MMA Joe Rogan going? Where's the MMA show going? Now, MMA media is focused on Heelwani starting beefs with Luke Thomas, which he sorted out, with Brendan Schaub, which I'm sure he shorted out behind the scenes. But we got good old... Teacher's pet, Errol Hawani now starting beefs. Where has MMA media gone? Well, it's here. Twitter spaces. I love this platform. I believe it is a digital radio platform where you can kind of take calls. You could reflect on a multitude of topics. People can pop in, pop out. And again, in five minutes, Brian Fontana. Excuse me. Now I'm screwing myself up. Scott underscore Fontana coming up. We're going to give you a nice, good old preview of UFC 270. I wasn't sure exactly how much Scott was intertwined with the MMA world. Yes, yes. He covers MMA for the New York Post, a big local platform in the metropolitan area, the New York greater area. But you never know with MMA and the UFC getting a lot more attention. A lot of people could jump on the the bandwagon and go to their editor or superior or program director and say, hey, 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 uh, I, I know MMA. Uh, I know who Chuck Liddell and Connor uh, McGuido is. Uh, give me a job. Give me a job. But no. Scott underscore Fontana on Twitter and Instagram is not a casual. He is not an MMA casual. As many people like to throw around that term. He's a casual. No. Scott and his co-host, Dan, are very much hardcore mixed martial arts fans. So, again, originally, I was just going to go over the main event with Scott. Uh, Maybe some uh, big current event topics like Amanda Nunes leaving American Top Team. Does this affect the rematch outcome? I was also going to bounce off him. Misha Tate. Drop into 125 pounds. Does she reach another title fight in her career? Can she beat whoever's holding that title? Valentina. Can she? I was going to bounce those bigger topics off Scott. But now, after learning about his fandom, we could get into Michelle Pejeda. What does he think about his acrobats and facing... uh, Who's that? Oh, off the top of my head. What is it? Andre Fiolo. I think I think that's the name off the top of my head. I just wrote a freaking preview for NBC Sports Edge. I'm picking Michelle in that fight. 
But I, well, I'll, get, I'll get into my picks later. My point is, we're going to dive deep the nuts and bolts of UFC 270 with Scott underscore Fontana in about four minutes. But before then, let's go over the news that just broke yesterday. Amanda Nunes. I hate saying women's goat. She's one of the greatest fighters, regardless of gender, of all freaking time. Knockouts of Holly Holm. Submission of Misha Tate. She knocked her down and then submitted her. A destruction against Ronda Rousey. And how can we ever forget? Whoa, I almost jumped jumped the gun. Uh, Jermaine Durandamy, GDR. Megan Anderson. That was bad. But. We shall never forget UFC 232, the co-main event before Pico Jones and Alexander Gustafson. Amanda Nunes, just an overhand right from hell. She reminds me of Chuck Liddell. And that power sent Cyborg to another organization. People should not sleep on Amanda Nunes. So... Does it raise some red flags that she left the greatest gym in the country? Yes. I know there are Factory X on Denver. There's Team Alpha Male in California. There's Law MMA locally towards me. And again, guys, check out my interview with Law MMA fighter, Matt Steamrola Frivola. There's a ton of great gyms. There's Mark Henry's gym in Jersey. What else we got? Uh, No, it's, it's just... oh. Fortis MMA, it is American top team, Coconut Creek, end-all, be-all, just a laundry list of champions have come at American top team. Amanda Nunes, one of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time, has come out of there. And she left. She left suddenly. Wow. After all the success with Dan Lambert, Mike Brown, and the American top team training partners, including Kayla Harrison, she left. And she says she's going to start her own team. Ugh. It'd be one thing if she opened up her own gym and just flew in and out fighters to get in the the sparring or the grappling or the, the boxing rounds, which is probably what it will be. To start off with, I don't see Amanda Nunes running cardio kickboxing on a Monday night with a bunch of soccer dads. No, I do not see that happening. But it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. There is fire in Florida. And there's a lot of information surrounding this fight with Juliana Pena, does the rematch happen at Bantamweight? Does Nunes say, you know what, maybe the weight affected me? Let's make it at 145. And we're being joined by Scott underscore Fontana. Scott, I was just DMing you. Hold on, let me 
Let me juggle this. I'm going to invite you to co-host. Okay. All right, Scott, you should be connected. I appreciate you for joining me. Again, guys, we're being joined by at Scott underscore Fontana. No relation to Brian Fontana, unless he is. You never know. He is an MMA reporter, commentator, and podcaster. He works for the big old New York Post, NYC, baby. Scott, once you are connected, I have a very important question to ask you about your boss, Rupert Murdoch. Once I see you connected, I will fire away. If you jump out of this space, I scared you away, and that's okay. But take your time, buddy. Amanda Nunes leaving reminds me of Colby Covington leaving American Top Team. Now, two different reasons. If I'm guessing Amanda Nunes loses, she then leaves the next month. Okay, let's do some math here. There was probably some lack thereof confidence and communication back and forth from Dan Lambert, Mike Brown, teammates, and Nunes. This is not the same situation that Colby Chaos Covington was in where Colby left because they hated him. <laughs> Jorge, Tyron Woodley, Dustin Poirier, they ran and rip his head off. This is not similar situations. But real quick to wrap this up before we get to Scott Fantana, Colby in a second showing at UFC 268 against Kamaru Usman did look better. So will Nunes look better leaving American top team? That is yet to be seen. But what is being seen or heard is New York Post MMA reporter and commentator and outside podcaster with the great Dan Urban, Scott underscore Fontana. Scott, what's up, brother? How you doing, Ike? Appreciate uh, the invite. No problem. I appreciate for jumping on. Uh, th this is what I call, uh, you have to be a radio guy. I listen to your uh, couch side Wait, now I'm screwing up the name. Outside Judges. Couchside Judges podcast. You have to be a radio guy because you have a beautiful cadence, uh, excellent back and forth. When you record with Dan, is is that a uh, – are you guys in person or is this over a Zoom? Well, it varies. Uh, we like to get into our little studio when we can, but, you know, we're in a different world now, so sometimes uh, we take advantage of the technologies available to us uh, remotely. Fair enough, fair enough. Look at that beautiful radio answer there. This guy knows what he's doing. He's a well-polished broadcaster. But, Scott, first and foremost, how are you feeling, man? I just listened to the uh, latest podcast. I heard you uh, got the Zika virus. Is, is everything all right with you? <laughs> yeah, that was my joke. Uh, no, unfortunately, I did get the COVID, uh, but I, I'm, I think I'm doing better. Now, I didn't get it, so I can only assume that's what I got it because I didn't go anywhere else. So <laughs> I feel good though. Thank you. You feeling better, yes. man? 
Amazing, amazing. Because we need your tweets on the UFC broadcast. <laughs> for, for those of you that don't know, Scott, J-H-K M-M-A. Uh, and there's, um, I think it's McKenzie, some guy named McKenzie. I don't know. You guys are always on the UFC broadcast. Do you have naked photos of Dana White, and where can I get them, and how do I get on the broadcast? God, I hope not. I, I have no interest in those. <laughs> Is the is this just some random uh, algorithm thing? How do they pick up your tweets and put them on? The so my assumption or... is uh, this kind of started happening to me maybe about a probably about half a year ago. Maybe, maybe it's more like a year and a half actually. Um, someone from the UFC uh, production team started following my account, uh, and then later uh-huh. that day, one of my tweets got on the broadcast. So that was I think that's really just what happens is there's certain accounts that they keep on their radar. And they look for certain things in certain situations. But I don't know. that. That's just kind of my assumption. Okay. Okay. Well, I do believe, again, guys, we're being joined by at Scott underscore Fontana. No relation to Brian Panda Watch. Hashtag. Uh, he is on the next wave of MMA coverage. You have Oscar, uh, Oscar Willis. You have uh, Jose Young. Uh, JHK MMA holding it down for the Asia market. My man, Scott. Local guy, are, are you a uh, upstate, a Long Island, a Jersey, Connecticut? Where are you from in the tri-state? Oh, area? Jersey, all my life, North Jersey. Oh God, you Jersey guys! I worked with a Jersey guy uh, named Mike Straka. I'm sure you've heard the name. Oh man, you guys, you Jersey guys! No, I, I'm just kidding. I I really appreciate it. But the first thing I wanted to ask: How the hell did you get New York Post to start covering the uh, MMA, man? For me. Uh, coming from the WFN ilk to CBS Sports New York ilk, it was pretty hard to get to convince them about MMA is on the rise. Uh, you know, you, you show them the numbers of some of the events that Conor McGregor is uh, doing at UFC 205, GSP in New York, UFC 217. I, I kind of try to make it undeniable for my program director that this sport had to be covered. How did, uh, how did you get the New York Post to uh, start covering the MMA? Well, I tell you what, I'm pretty much picking up the ball that um, was once carried by the great Mark Ramundi, who's now at ESPN. He oh, was, wow. Yes, he was the original oh, wow. MMA guy, if, if I understand correctly, at New York Post, who was kind of pushing the coverage of that. Wow. He did so well. He loved it. And obviously, he ended up going on to, you know, not necessarily bigger and better. I think the New York Post is wonderful. Uh, but he's uh, he's obviously at the, the worldwide leader, so to speak, at ESPN, and he's doing wonderful things there. Um, me, when I arrived at the New York Post, because I was not hired uh, to cover MMA, but, you know, I've covered it for 10 years now. And I said, okay, you know, now that I'm comfortable, i got my feet under me doing what I'm doing, I said to the editors, I mean, are you interested in coverage of MMA? You know, we haven't really done as much. They said, yeah, sure, you know, you feel free. Um, so I kind of I, – I was given some trust there. You know, I think they knew that I could do that. Um, and I and – I'm, Fortunately, they haven't told me to stop, so I think I'm doing all right. Again, we're being joined by at Scott underscore Fontana on Twitter and Instagram, uh, part of the New York Post, and check out his podcast with Dan Urban. Great podcast, great flow, and, and they really enjoy each other. I, I really appreciate how you guys have that next level of communication where it's like, yeah, I agree with you. No, I don't agree with you. I hate you. Oh, no, it's okay. We can retort questions back and forth. The, the flow of the podcast is beautiful. If you guys don't know, now you know. Subscribe, download, retweet. It's phenomenal. So, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dan is wonderful. He's a great partner. I couldn't do this without him. He is, man. He is. Uh, he, he's got to figure out his account. 
I don't know if it's suspended or something. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on there. The, he's being shadow banned, but I, I tried to follow him back, but uh, nothing uh, nothing came up on the Couchside uh, profile. No, he is, he is on there, actually. So uh, I'll, I'll shout that out in just a moment. Oh, wait. Am I blocked by him? Am I, is that what it might be? <laughs> he very likely blocked you. No, no, that's not his style at all. In fact, he loves a good Twitter beef, so he's never going to block anybody. He is Dan Urban MMA. That is at Dan Urban MMA. Now, at, at some point uh, before you joined us, I kind of talk about whatever side you are on uh, viewpoints, whether it's sports or life, just we're all on the same team as humans. Uh, I kind of had my kumbaya sentiments. Um, how do you handle Twitter? Do you do the Joe Rogan post and ghost? Uh, do you have a nice circle of following that no matter where you go, you're not going to get pissed off and spill your coffee on your shirt? Uh, how exactly do you interact with Twitter? I'm very fascinated how every user handles it individually. So I don't really, uh, I mean, I know I know Twitter is a very important, social media is a very important tool of really any media member. Um, and uh, I, I should say my, my, uh, my partner's handle is actually the Dan Urban, my mistake. But um, what I can say about Twitter is just, it's really not my favorite thing. But I know it's an important thing for media in, in this day and age. So I interact with it in so much as um, I know it's a good tool. I found people that I enjoy interacting with and that kind of thing. But, you know, when there's, um, let's say, negativity that comes my way, I try not to treat it any more than just a laugh and I move on. That's fair. That's fair. And, uh, Scott, uh, are you ready for a UFC 270 preview? Oh, definitely. Yeah, let's let's go okay. into it. It kind of cut out there. I don't know if you're, uh, I don't know, somebody's, uh, it, it, maybe it's raining in Jersey or it's, it's snowing over there. The weather's been kind of crazy in the Northeast. But let's start with the main event. I was going to do a full rundown, but we got a bunch of people tuning into this. So if you don't mind, once you give me your main event preview, we could kind of pick and choose, go back and forth with uh, the digital callers or whatever we want to call them inside this Twitter space. But uh, right off the bat, man, who you got? And why? Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gan. Um, honestly, I really like Ngannou here. I, it's not that I dislike uh, Cyril Gan in this situation. I think he is immensely talented. But the, the thing that kind of strikes me about Cyril is that his entire pro MMA career has existed in the time since Francis Ngannou lost to Derek Lewis. I mean, think about that. That's not sure. that long ago. This is not a long time in this sport. Uh, and I think there's something to be said about that level of experience when you're going against someone else with that level of experience who's also achieved uh, in the same way that he has. No disrespect to uh, Derek Lewis, who obviously Sarah looked fantastic against in August when he won the interim belt. I just I, I think there's a different level here. And I think Francis Ngannou, despite the fact that he lost to Derek Lewis here, we're doing him in math. I feel pretty good about him here. I think he's going to win. I think it's going to be a stoppage, of course. Now, is a part of you picking Ngannou because you want to see what the hell happens if he ultimately has the ball in his court and he can kind of, I don't know, have a lot more leverage in terms of asking for salary? He can kind of, you never know. You never know. It could be a crossover fight between Andy Ruiz or Deontay Wilder, maybe Fury. But uh, is part of you picking Ngannou for that reason? No, it has not, that has nothing to do with my pick, but I'll tell you what, I I would love to see what is going to happen if that does happen, because it, let's let's face it, the UFC cannot be sitting there rooting for 
Francis Ngannou to win this fight because of the, just the headaches that it brings along. They don't want to deal with that. <laughs> if he loses, it's, I mean, that's not even like, uh, that's, that's pretty common sense here. That has nothing to do with the, the UFC's perspectives on, you know, how they pay fighters or which they don't pay as well as they ought to, in my opinion. But it, it's, it's common sense. They don't want to deal with all that stuff. It, it, it's a distraction. They know they won't get that, uh, at least not right now, with Cyril Gann. I 100% agree. Uh, Hawani has uh, uh, thrown out this tidbit that we should pay attention to the weigh-in because apparently, uh, is it Rolex or Jacob the Jewel? One of those very famous jewelry companies, uh, Francis Ngannou is sponsored by them, and he he's uh, because the UFC obviously doesn't want you wearing a Nike shirt or, uh, I don't know, a, a freaking affliction shirt at the weigh-in. You, you need to wear Crypto.com. You need to wear the uniform we all need to look uniform um but francis Ngano, he apparently found a loophole he's gonna try to wear a watch if he doesn't i believe that, that there was some talk behind the scene and maybe they throw him extra not to make them look like asses but i totally want to see francis not only win because of the storyline behind the scenes with uh, his ex-coach uh ex-sparring partner and just he seems like he's clicking on all cylinders. This is a guy the UFC needs to get the behind. He's, he's a cleaned up Mike Tyson. He's the knockout artist we always ask for. He's photogenic. He's a good guy. Well-spoken. Carries a big stick. Uh, that's a Theodore Roosevelt quote. I, I didn't make that up, guys. But And then part of me wants to see what can happen when he wins in terms of leverage. But the next thing I want to ask you about this that's related to this heavyweight main event, and I know you got to get out of here soon, John Jones, do you want to see him face the winner, the loser, or Stipe Miocic at heavyweight next? You know, I'm actually interested to see what he would do against Stipe first because I, I think someone like John, who's now been away from the game for – it's going to be more than two years by the time he steps back in there. That's a long time. I wasn't loving the the fights uh, that I was seeing from John in the recent years too. He's fighting in – I mean – he certainly didn't look as good as he ought to have against Dominic Reyes, who I think actually won that fight. You know, it, it was a close yep, enough yep, fight. Yep, yep. It was a close enough fight. You can totally see that fight going either way. But, um, yeah, he just hasn't looked as good. To be that far off of fighting for this long, now he's going up, I think you don't put him in there with you know the champion yet. But, obviously, from a, from a, uh, a pure promotional standpoint, there's no reason they couldn't do that. Like it, right. it, there's, there's special rules. It's different rules, but I think that's what, from a competitive standpoint, I'd like to see first. And if, if Francis wins, I think it's that simple. You just make the trilogy with Stipe. Uh, what did they fight in March? If you made it in the summer, that's uh, maybe 15, 16 months for Stipe. I, I would be, uh, that's the fight. I want to see if Francis wins. Let, let John face maybe a Curtis blades, a, a Volkov or a Cyril gone. If you, you really want to test them, but easy easy i'm with you though he is a champion and champions and champions of john jones status get treated differently as we're used to seeing get, get steep ain't gone three is how i want to go um scott i know you joined us late but it, are you able to stick around for a, a call or two sure yeah and i got the, time for you and in the meantime while well, guys raise your hands i guess or uh, uh stand out and I'll, I'll throw you in the mix uh while i sort it out scott give us uh, a fight outside of the title fights that you I actually uh what do you think about uh Moreno Figueroa was this forced should they have just kind of let uh somebody rise up that wasn't Figueroa uh, uh Figueroa in the flyweight 
division for Moreno? Or I feel like this was forced, in my opinion. What are your thoughts about the the matchmaking and the fight itself? I mean, the whole thing is actually kind of funny because if you go all the way back to the first fight between them, and obviously everyone remembers it as this classic fight. It was really fun fight for a while for four rounds. Then that fifth round, everyone kind of tails off. I think Figueroa's losing steam because of, you know potential cardio issues, having just fought the month before. Can understand that. Um, Moreno obviously is not putting out the same output. And if you actually go back and you watch that fifth round, there's almost no argument to be made that Moreno wins that round. And yet one of the judges, uh, Judge Junichiro Camillo, he gave that round to Moreno. And because of that, it ended up becoming a draw instead of a victory for Davis and Figueredo. So realistically, if it had gone as the way it kind of ought to have been scored, at least in my opinion, we don't even have the second fight. But True. now we have the third fight, so it's kind True. of a funny situation. <laughs> 100% man. Uh, I I'm happy that uh McLovin's getting the opportunity. It was a just a fight of the year contender, but uh uh yeah, I'm uh I'm very excited for the third one, but I I do feel it was forced as a martial arts to martial arts. The the skill is amazing. Uh let's go to our first digital Twitter space caller. Uh I I hope I'm pronouncing your name correct. Tajik Bay. Did I get it right? You are on the air. All right, while Tajik figures it out. Oh, he, he's playing around with the mute. And he's gone. You see that? That was stage fright right there. <laughs> that was stage fright 101. If, if anybody else wants to throw in their opinion. Is this the Dan Urban? Dan, is, is, is Scott, is this the uh, the Dan that you work with who's in the queue? I, I, I don't know that man, though. <laughs> No, that's my guy. Oh, I would love to hear his take on some of the fight, what he's looking forward to in this card. Tajik, you are on the air again. Yeah, hi, hello. I, I had uh, issues with the microphone for some reason. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well-versed in the Twitter space. So, uh, And thank you guys uh, for, uh, uh, you know, for hosting this space. I think it's a great uh, platform, and uh, it's great to see uh, – like-minded people joining the in MMA community covering uh, UFC 270. Uh, yes, sir. I appreciate that. And you, sir, have a fantastic voice. What are some of your... Uh, uh, what are you looking forward to to UFC 270 this uh, weekend? I think I just want to perhaps like clarify one thing because um, there is, I think, a, a bit of a lack of clarity in the matters of uh, Ngannou's contract. Uh and I think uh, a part of the MMA community has uh, has such understanding that if Nganu beats, let's say, a gun, that then he has the has the leverage, you know, in the in the contract negotiation. So there are two scenarios that you have. Of course. Well, there are two scenarios that you have to consider because uh, uh, if Gan if actually loses here, uh, he will have executed his contract and he becomes automatically a free agent. So, mm -hmm. uh, and so, and then he can go to boxing, he can do whatever he wants, you know, he can fight Jake Paul, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and then there is a second part, like the second scenario in when, if he, if he wins, uh, that would trigger actually the championship clause, uh, clause, uh, and championship clause, uh, you know, is, it's a bit tricky because you have for each, of, uh, UFC champion, it, it could be different, right? It varies, but it basically reaps the, the terms of your commitment. And um, if you watch uh, uh, Ngannou's inter 
Like the the champ, no champions allowed to retire. Well, basically, it, 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 it adds certain level of commitment, whether it's time commitment, right, or or uh, or number of fights commitment, right. So it it depends what what's in there. So you have to look into his contract, which unfortunately we can't. But uh, he knows that uh, Dana knows that, and I think it's a tricky situation. That's why if you watch Ngannou's uh, Ngannou's uh, uh, interview with Brett Okamoto, he said acting in a good faith. So he's you know he definitely spoke with his legal team, with his management. He understands that if he wins, then he's gonna he's not gonna have much leverage, and then uh, so he ha- it's a balancing act, right? Because it's, uh, I think the leverage would be the PR. You know how bad it would look for the uh, the baddest man on the planet to be sitting out and unpromoted again? And at this point, I, I believe the ESPN UFC fandom is kind of privy to what's going on. They're, they're paying attention to Francis right. Ngannou. Everybody knows who he is. I think it would look really bad if we don't see him till the fall, right. or if we don't see him till uh, the late summer. Uh, I think that would be leverage in terms yeah. of... Public it, relations. It's a great point, Ike, but uh, th- this situation is not new, new to, to the UFC. Uh, GSP has been in the same situation. Uh, John Jones has not fought in a long fight. Stipe Miocic has been, you know, consistently voicing his discontent. So in terms of stalling the careers of the fighters, of the champions rather, or high-profile fighters, they would rather do that than, than let them go. Uh, so it's kind of like a tricky situation here. And uh, <sighs> we'll see what happens. I guess we'll see what happens. And the second time, and the second point I wanted to make is is for uh, Amanda Nunez because the interesting point here is that the last time Amanda Nunez had uh, changed her uh, camp, which was uh, ATT Masters, was when she lost to Kat Zingano. So it's 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 very symbolic that she parts ways with ATT now, having succumbed to a loss. So which I think is pretty interesting, kind of like the way it plays out. But I think the it's not that the symbol is that drives her partition here. It's more so that she wants to center a camp, you know, build her brand further on. She has an interest in crypto. So I think she it has to be more with her own ventures and her personal lives life that drives this decision. And so these are the two points that I wanted to make. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I and thank you, man. For- and I appreciate uh Tajik Bay, I really do appreciate you uh, digitally calling in or uh, plugging in, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on the Amanda Nunes situation? And Tajik, again, thank you for the info and the take. My man, you sound great. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, even before I uh, weigh in on uh, Amanda Nunes, I, I actually wanted to follow up a little bit on the Francis Ngannou stuff he was talking about. With the yeah, 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 go for it. Uh, there is a, I'm going to shout him out. There's a wonderful follow on uh, MMA Twitter. Uh, John S. Nash, uh, who contributes to Bloody Elbow, is at hey, excuse me, at hey, not the face, which I love. Um, but he does wonderful analysis of kind of the financial stuff in the fight game and that kind of thing. He has a very vast knowledge uh, of the contracts and these type of thing and how it kind of works. So he tweeted the other day. Uh, All right, after... I'm about to follow him right now. If any good, political good. stuff comes up from Hey Not the Face, unfollow and John, I mean, excuse me, and Scott, unfollow, man. <laughs> he's he's going to talk a lot of economics, though. I mean, there, uh, that would right. cross into some stuff. But anyway, right. there is. Some, I feel like I'm back action. in 11th grade then. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I I found it fascinating. But anyway, I so the, weighing in on uh, you know Francis and when he spoke to Brett Akimoto from ESPN the other day, this said that essentially Francis was confirming the changes. Uh, to the UFC contracts that were made in recent years, that the championship clause is now three fights or one year, whichever is the earlier, 
and that the total duration of a contract cannot be more than five years. So what that means, especially as it relates to um, George St. Pierre, because George St. Pierre alluded to kind of this five-year window that he had as well um, when he when there was all the talk about the De La Hoya fight and all this kind of thing. This is seems to be more of a new norm that we're actually starting to um, confront when it comes to UFC contracts, as I understand it based on John's reporting. So this is a test case. This is a very interesting scenario. What that means, more or less, is that if he if he wins his fight, he is completing the current contract. The championship clause would then kick in, and it would be either a year or three fights. So he could take three more fights this year, which he's not going to do, because no. why would he? And, or he could just wait out a year, and essentially, if I understand right, based on all this, maybe he's actually a free agent, like a real free agent. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. I don't know. The more I'm learning about this now, I feel like the UFC are just weaving in just one more, I don't know, type of stipulation in each of these contracts. I, I thought deep down that right now, like during this week, they got people, uh, Francis's people and uh, the UFC brass sit down right now before the fight takes off. Like, can we extend you? We'll give you the five million for this fight and then uh, so on and so forth. Like, but Apparently, they already have a stipulation in there that covers their behinds. Well, what what I gather is Francis wants to stay. It doesn't seem like he really wants to go anywhere. He just wants to be compensated so and, and to be able to do this boxing stuff. So if they can somehow come to some sort of very unprecedented UFC contract that actually gives him these things he's looking for, or even some of them, hey, maybe we see something completely different. That's what's fascinating to me. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but... I'm curious. So that's why there's, I kind of want to see things go a little haywire. That's why I would like to see Francis win here personally. (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. I wanted McGregor to beat Mayweather simply for the fact that, oh my gosh, maybe he'll fight Manny Pacquiao after that. Maybe he'll fight Canelo Alvarez after that. Like I want to see how far we can take the same thing with Jake Paul, actually same, same feeling. It's like, oh my gosh, he just, he just put out Tyron Woodley bad uh we'll forget about the first five rounds but it's like how far can he take this is he gonna fight masvidal uh anderson silva now we got uh what is it pd anderson is back looking great like i, I would love to see that fight i, I want to see how far people can take the the, the crazy trains and again guys uh request if you want to get your input but uh scott is uh i alluded to earlier what are your thoughts on amanda nunez this is kind of big news on a big fight week she leaves uh i think the greatest gym in the world american top team in coconut creek what are your thoughts you know i've actually when i say i had known amanda for a long time i don't mean that we (laughs) well but she did train at the same gym that I trained at with early in her career. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You are now be- slowly and surely becoming the man. You also <laughs> train? Uh, I trained jujitsu only. Okay, okay. Um, way back uh, about 10 years ago, I started. It has been a while since I've trained, so let's not call me active uh, in my training. I have fallen off the wagon, and I miss it terribly. But I used to train over at AMA Fight Club, which was the same gym the Miller Brothers used to fight out of. Um, nice. And it was the same gym that Amanda Nunes fought at very early in her career. Like we're talking about Strike Force days, we're talking about uh, Invicta days. This kind of like very far back, probably even before Invicta actually. Um, and actually, Khabib even trained out of there just a couple times uh, from a nearby K Dojo over in Fairfield, New Jersey. So he was he was also kind of we had the best man and the best woman fighter from ten years later who'd come to this little strip mall gym next to a pancake house. Uh, and it was a wild time. 
Um, but as far as Amanda, so like I don't know it's her that cool. well. I can't say that. But I, what I can say is that I can understand why at this point she's saying, you know what? Maybe I just want to make this about me at this point. I, I, I can sort of understand that. Is, is it a panic button thing? I don't know. I really don't. Um, but I'd be curious to see if anything comes out of it that kind of can help her. But I do think that if I was a fighter, let's say I was actually a fighter and I trained MMA, which I did not. You never um, know. It, no, I do. But, uh, <laughs> but if I did, I mean, ATT is it's got to be one of the best camps that I would I would consider. It's like there or probably like AK or something like that. So for me to see that, it's definitely you don't love to see it. But look, she's she's the best that's ever done it for a reason. So I'm not really one to question her about it. One hundred percent. And I would agree if you could look at anything, it's Colby actually did better the second time around against Usman in a different camp. Uh, his coach was some guy that looked like he worked at a Starbucks. Turns out Kobe uh, landed some pretty solid shots uh, in the second fight. Uh, you know, if the same goes for Amanda, uh, a lot of people were pointing to the baby. I thought it would have been an issue. The the baby, I know we're blaming the baby, uh, Nina and uh, Amanda Nunez's baby. But I thought if there was going to be an issue with the baby, it would have been against Megan Anderson, but there was not. I feel this is simply pointing to that there's some turmoil inside the camp, whether that's the owner, Dan Lambert, or uh, with Mike Brown, they're just not seeing on the same page. I mean, she couldn't have just made a gym in, in one month, right? She had to be thinking about this for some time now. It's very possible, yeah. I mean, I would have to think that this didn't come together you know, that quickly, that it was certainly on her radar. But, you know, I don't know that. This is me speculating. Um I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe she also foresaw the potential for a Kayla Harrison fight down the road. They are friends. They Kayla has classified herself as a friend to her, not just a, a training partner. So that is a little bit different. Maybe they just said, hey, let's let's keep business and pleasure away from each other. Now they were on that collision course. Who knows? You know, that, there's a lot of reasons. But, you know, I, I'm just not one to question it. I, I think. One of the biggest factors that no one was really talking about uh, in terms of the loss to Juliana Pena is the fact that we had we have seen Amanda Nunes come down to 135 pounds for the first time since the end of the year 2019. It's been a while. So maybe there's a weight issue there, too. You never know. I, it, I yeah, if I'm Pena, I want to do it at the 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 second weight class simply for the, the legacy status. I'll get both belts. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But now that you bring it up, maybe it'd be smart just to say, no, I'm the champ at 135. You could keep yours at 145. Uh, let's rematch it here because maybe she feels she has a, a real cardio and energy advantage there. Uh, again, at Scott underscore Fontana on Twitter and Instagram. Scott, I know I'm squeezing all the time out of you. I promise I won't reach out in the next three months, but Good. Can we no. can we please uh, address Misha Tate dropping down to 125? Does she beat Lauren Murphy? Does she reach a title fight? And can she beat Valentina Shevchenko? I think she can definitely beat Lauren Murphy. I don't know where I would pick that fight at this point, but that's there, to look at that fight as as a fight she couldn't win. That would be silly. And and I think if she does win, I think she's probably going to get fast tracked pretty quickly to the belt because realistically, what else would they do? I mean, there there are no interesting contenders out there waiting to get their shot that haven't already and you have easily the biggest name star outside of valentina shevchenko coming into that division why wouldn't you do that so i i see i see a very realistic path for that to happen sure 
I I agree. As long as it's not uh, Derek Lewis, Francis Agano, UFC 226 match between Murphy and Tate. Uh, I agree, man. Fast tracker. She's the biggest name. Uh, it, it could be a bruise two type of movie with uh, Holly Berry, but at Scott underscore Fontana, I really appreciate the time man. your knowledge is really appreciated. You are a young star in the making. You are on this next wave of MMA coverage. We're going to do it, man. We're going to take over Hawani, Akamoto, Thomas. They're out the window. They're old news. The young guys are in. I really appreciate the time, Scott. I got a lot of respect for them as well, but thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ike. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's do this again sometime. I appreciate it, brother. Take care. Exit yourself. I'm not going to boot you out. Take care. <laughs> Tajik, I saw your request. Feel free to speak. Brother. Oh y- yes, Ike. I think I I wanted to make a quick comment about Amanda Nunes. I mean, not so much in terms of her uh, uh, camp departure, but uh, uh, one of the narratives I think that is not being talked about in the in the MMA community is the fact that uh, Amanda actually had COVID uh, or or test, tested uh, or yeah, I think she did. She, she, she she had COVID do uh, and yeah, I think the original was supposed to be in June. Right. And so the fight got postponed, and uh, then the, the, there were all kinds of rumors. But the, the reason why I bring this up is because, uh, you know, she did seem actually, you know, guessed out, uh, guessed out uh, in, uh, in, in her fight. And uh, it could be attributed to just, uh, you know, underestimating Pena, but it could also be the fact that, you know, it, it, these were kind of like the consequences of her going through the COVID. So that that. You know, it, it's good that you pay attention to that stuff because I, I always try to look for patterns. If you look at the fighters that were openly uh, tested and then took a fight after, you got Hamzat Chemaev, you got Cody Garbrandt, um, uh, Teofimo Lopez, a boxer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with boxing, but Teofimo, he, he seemed like he, I mean, he lasted all 12 rounds. He actually came back late in that fight. Uh, was there a cardio issue? He attributed some of the issue being related to COVID. Cody Garbrandt, uh, the Rob fight, uh, Rob Font fight, he did look very sluggish and slow in that fight. Meanwhile, he looked a lot quicker against Kai Car France. Okay, maybe there is there some lingering uh, going on there. And Amanda Nunes, I know that Juliana Pena rushed her and kind of forced the firefight to make. Amanda Tire, which was not only confident, but just a, a brilliant strategy. Uh, it's up there with the, the, the Jorge Masvidal training that knee on Ben Askren for Juliana Pena to bite down on her mouthpiece. And she said this in the lead up to the fight. She says, I'm going to charge forward and, and I'm going to stand in the pocket with her. And Amanda Nunes was probably ready for that. What Amanda Nunes was not ready for was Juliana Pena to still be there after swinging all the punches and everything. But I don't know, man. I'm back and forth with the, the COVID fighters. Does it affect them? It, it, does it not? Because Hamzat, he took the longest time off, and he looked phenomenal. But you see fighters like Cody Garbrandt and Amanda Nunes, they didn't look so great after their battle with COVID. Uh, anything else you'd like to say, uh, Tajik? No, I think by large, I agree with you, is that the, for most of the, what we have seen and the athletes and even high-level athletes, uh, outside of the MMA, uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo, for instance, had COVID. It, it did not have COVID. Did not have uh, you know much. No wonder case. why everybody is getting into Spain, man. He's the he's the he's spreading it to everybody in Spain. That guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
I mean, we've seen Novak Djokovic, the same thing, right? I mean, there's a but. Uh, now everybody in Australia has it. These good-looking uh, elite athletes, man, you just you can't, you can't <laughs> stop them. They, they seem to recover well, yeah. Yeah, I think that the same rules in this case do not apply to everybody, but, uh, but it looks like uh, with Djokovic, uh, you know, he was, he was deported. Uh, which which is interesting, but yeah, just in general, I think I think you're you making a good point is that uh, if you take the right time and uh, recover well, and uh, you, it, it does not have a major implications for the MMA athletes, uh, but they would, could also be like outliers in this case, like with uh, Amanda Nunes. It, it's hard to it, it, it's hard to know until we see her fight next. Fair, fair, and uh, Tajik, can I can I throw a question your way if you don't mind? Go go ahead. Do you like this guy, Sean Strickland? I don't know who he is. He's the guy who just fought. I, I know, but I choose to answer. Okay, okay. Well played, well played. Oh, man. I'm, uh, I heard about him before the, the motorcycle accident when he was fighting at 175 uh, pounds. He had longer hair, same style, pretty stiff. But now, uh, following the Uriah Hall fight, and then seeing him on the desk with Karen Bryant uh, and Rashad Evans, you see the personality start to glow. It wasn't the craziest fight against Uriah Hall. It was a very disciplined, uh, smart approach to the fight, and he uh, outpointed Uriah Hall. But his personality is what garnered all this attention. He talks about a story where he was held at a shotgun. Somebody held it at him. Uh, now you see these sparring videos with his training partner. I think the guy's name is uh, Maximov or something. Like he's knocking out partners. He's getting knocked out, uh, and he's uh, teammates with one of the coolest guys who I've paid attention since the PFL days, Chris Curtis. I I want to learn a lot more about Sean Strickland, but I'm, I'm nervous. I, I'm not sure if this guy is uh, <laughs> gonna bring a gun to a press conference or somebody who's. Uh, a potential superstar. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sean Strickland, if you don't mind? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a tough question because uh, I think from the point of uh, marketability, he's doing what he's right. supposed to do. He has certain way of kind of, you know, driving the social media. Uh, but I, I think in this game, it, 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 it looks like nothing is off the table. And I think... Uh, Connor in his time has set this kind of precedent, whereas now nothing is off limits. So when you see Sean Strickland and then the Darren Till and other fighters, we shouldn't be surprised with how much, you know, what type of uh, content they create. So I think it's kind of uh, it's kind of given and, and almost uh, to to yeah, there are no there are no limitations. That's, now that's this is it. for everybody. If you guys have time, I know there's so much conf- uh, uh, content especially when it comes to combat sports, go check out the Sean Strickland interview on UFC Unfiltered with Matt Serra before the Uriah Hall fight. I believe everybody's paid attention to him post after that fight, after that victory. But I went back and listened to the interview. I was like, oh, let me learn more about him. He tells a wild story that he had a bunch of racists in his family. He was grown to hate minorities, and he felt all this hate as a teenager, and martial arts kind of saved him. It's a wild, epic interview. Uh, if you guys have time, I know everybody's listening to Morning Combat and the Arrow Hawani show, but go back and check out UFC Unfiltered, Matt Sarah, and Jim Norton 
before Sean Strickland before the Uriah Hall fight. I think it's it's wild. And uh, we got another caller, Underground. Uh, I saw you requested. You were muted. Uh, what do you want to talk about? UFC 270, current events. Well, What's up, brother? No, oh, well, I was just gonna say that Sean Strickland is like got like five screws loose or something like that because <laughs> he might I, have I a screw in his him. brain. Yeah, I mean, it, when you sit there and listen to him talk about sex and stuff and like how it's something he has to have at all times and then crazy <laughs> shit like that is just <laughs> insane because it's like in, in, he he did it in his like post conference or something like that where he just goes off on these like crazy trains and I, I, no the best ones with the schmo. Did, did you yes, watch yes, that? Yes, yes, yeah. With Helen. Yeah. Helen, he tells, uh, is it Lee or Yi? I, not with Helen, Yi, but with the Schmo, he says, you know why I don't give you interviews, Schmo? He's like, I fucking it's because, hated guys like you. Because I fucking hated guys like you, and <laughs> chicks would fuck you more than they would fuck me, and that's the reason why I don't like you. And I was just like, just lost in the idea of Sean Strickland. I mean, I, I, as a fighter, he definitely... Seems pretty good. I don't know if he's, someone's going to wear a strap or anything like that, but <laughs> I, he's definitely starting to catch the cameras with his crazy talk. And it's smart. It's like, what's the whole the 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 mythical story with Kobe Covington before the Damian Maya fight? They said that mm-hmm. they were going to cut him because he's boring. He's kind of a gatekeeper. He's a wrestler that nobody wants to see, and he's kind of stopping prospects. And then from... he called them all animals. And yeah. So what... the same thing. Sean Strickland doesn't do anything that wows you. I, I'm from the, the, the age of Anderson Silva. Like, uh, wow mm-hmm. me freaking uh, speak with your, your limbs, like with your yeah. fists and yeah. your feet. Like, that's what I'm about. And then Colby Covington talks the crazy stuff, and then he's uh, – and, again, I'm a, I'm a martial artist, but he, he'll yeah. hump you for five rounds. It's like – <laughs> yeah no doubt about it i mean but he gets you to tune a, in a different time yeah i mean for as long as i've been watching mma i mean since i was a kid you know it never got into all of this you know stuff with chael sonin and, and all of that crap and the kobe Covington crap that you see today and it's definitely a change from what we grew up watching where it was more of your gsps you know coming out in his gi and showing how spot on you know, his spot on break and hit all of how he was forward and the guy that anybody would want to be. And now it's like, who can trash talk the most, or at least like sell a fight and things like that. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of sad sometimes because, you know, it's difficult to try to get new guys or new fans in your local area. I guess, I mean, I don't live in in Michigan, so it's not like we're a huge freaking martial arts area. No, shout out to Jared Brooks, one of my favorite martial artists. Tony uh, Ferguson, I believe, is Michigan. Kevin Lee. Yeah. Uh, he's had up and downs. Uh, Cody Stammen. Uh, he's got a big fight. Well, and then you up. got the bare knuckle guys that are out this way, too. Josh Burns and, and uh, Jay. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but I, that, they're out on Saginaw. Heron? No, uh, Jay Fish. All right. Well, shout out to yeah. Jay Fish. And uh, yeah. any any uh, closing remarks, Underground? I really appreciate the call. Hey, I just you got me laughing when you took brought up Sean Strickland. So I just think it's a, a crazy time that we're in today from what it used to be for MMA, you know, even 10 years ago. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate the uh, the input. And uh, again, keep listening. Uh, let's go to what do we got? We got uh, Dos de Guzman. I like your name. Uh, it's like half of Brazilian fighters. You got Dos Anjos, you got uh, Guzman, uh, Dos Santos. What do we got, Dos? What do you want to talk about? Anything UFC 270 or 
major MMA headlines? What's you up, know, bro? it's just so good just to have the UFC back up again. And yes, sir. this past fight, let's just, uh, I just want to say that this um, Calvin Cater, Giga Chikaze, that's how you kick off the year. Every fight that we had with um, the first fight or main event, like, let's look at 2021. MMA on point, was, right? I, I saw that. I saw them put that out. It was nice. Uh, Max Holloway and um, Cater blew it out of the water. Uh, what a performance. Same thing this year. Giga and Cater, well done performance. I mean, at this rate, can we see Cater fight for a number one contender seat? Yeah, potentially. Um, I think it's in the running. I think he's got one more fight to do, and then he's probably in title contention. Um, I'm just curious about that one. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And it was really smart play to take off a year, to have the confidence, and I'm sure that's coming down from uh, – uh, a veteran like Joe Lozon, who's like, dude, I've poured so much into sport by taking three, four fights in a year, taking short notice fights. Joe Lozon, uh, a very cerebral fighter, though he came from a, a different time. Apparently, he he didn't uh, he he hasn't touched his checks. He's used every one of his uh, fight bonus to pay for I don't know mortgages wow. or travel or training. Like very smart guy and a very smart person to have at the helm of uh, Rob Font. And Calvin Cater, but uh, for Cater, next opponent, I don't know. Is Brian Ortega got a dance partner? Does That's Josh what I was Emmett thinking. Every boxing versus that. boxing or jujitsu versus boxing. I'm down for either. What are your thoughts? You know, personally, like Brian Ortega, like that would be such a great and fun fight. Yes, sir. A lot of people were saying that they wanted to see Yair and Ortega. But after seeing what happened with Cater, it's just, you know, Cater was such a good fight with Ortega. I'm leaning towards Cater with the amount of pressure that he does. Brian Ortega has been tested many times in this, in it, and his chin has hold it up. And it's almost like, when will this dude's chin give out? It's like so sad to see. But at some point, when does the chin go i mean respectfully yeah i mean uh, a lot of this comes from the hands of max holloway he's put it on ortega's chin rodriguez chin cater's chin uh, the only person he hasn't touched in the top five is uh korean zombie oh man it, it, great time to be a ufc fan each year keeps getting better we are on the espn era this is uh, what is it the nineteen twenty two. this is the fourth year on ESPN, the kickoff with the UFC. Guys, I'm your boy, Ike Feldman. I appreciate the input, all the, the takes. I appreciate our guest, at Scott underscore Fontana on Twitter and Instagram. He is a reporter and commentator for the New York Post. Rupert Murdoch, shout out to him. Guys, I, I appreciate uh, the, the views, the listens, the clicks, the retweets, the swipes, whatever. Everybody in this chat, have a great week. And again, tune in next week on the Tuesday Spaces with your boy Ike. Or go check out my interview I just did in person with Matt Steamrola, Frivola. I believe he's going to get the win over Hanaro Valdez. It's Mexican versus Strong Island native. It's, it's going to be just a war. You don't want to miss that. And Scott and I didn't even mention uh, Ilya Toporia versus Charles Jordan. That is going to be fireworks. That should have been on the main card. 
But until next week, guys, I really appreciate it. Have a good week, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.